Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. It's WinFL Show. I'm Ian McKinnon. I'm joined this week by Jake McGee. Jake, how are you doing, pal? I'm not too bad at all. My sleep pattern is almost back to normal after a, a <laughs> horrid week of, of late nights. Yeah. Um, now, how much of that was down to the to the draft? Uh, but all of it. All of it was the draft. All of it. Okay, so... Um, I was fully committed. Full disclosure, I didn't stay up for a single pick. Oh, I know. I, I messaged you, and it went on red, and I was like, he's not awake. No, I... Uh, <laughs> I um, I went to bed uh, probably about quarter past twelve, half past twelve. I tr- I tried so hard, but I was re- I've been really busy, really really busy, and I tried so hard, and I just couldn't do it. And I was like, I cannot, I can't even stay up for the first pick. I was dying out there. So uh, I watched it on the the Friday morning. So that was good. So it was uh, some very interesting picks in the draft. Before we sort of go into those picks, Jake, a couple of things I want to check with you. First of all, were you happy with the way your Saints drafted or what they did? Yes, it was it was a strange run for the Saints. Normally we trade up, do something ludicrous, beef up the offensive line and you know, we go from there. But it was actually a very smart and sensible draft from the, the Saints. Definitely very easy uh, to predict the Saints sometimes. All you have to look is at the uh, relative athletic score or, or RAS. Anyone that the Saints draft tends to have a very high RAS. Um, but no, I was, I was happy with our sensible approach to it. And, you know, you just never know until a couple of years down the line just how good a draft you kind of had. Well, obviously. So what is a RAS? What is this relative athletic score? Do, you, do, you, do we know how that's measured? It's all, it's measured on all sorts, hand size, arm length, it puts in their height, weight, what they can bench, what the vertical, basically puts everything from the combine and right. like their genetics into a, a basically a, a scorer and you can get up to 10 athletic testing on a scale of zero to 10. Okay. And more often than not, the Saints take someone who's got a very high RAS. Fair play. So it's, it's like the, the physical version of the, What's it called? The Wonderlick? Is that what it's called? I, I said Pretty Wonderlick. Much. Yeah, yeah Wonderlick. I, I said Wonderlick last week. I wasn't 100% sure that's what it was actually called. But the one where they're measuring their, their cognitive skills and, you know, um, logical processing and all that kind of stuff. So this is the physical version where they're testing all the physical attributes, including, did you say hand size? Yeah, it's got hand, weight, height. It's got It's got everything. Right, so they'll have the 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 arm length and all that stuff, the reach and uh, mm-hmm. no, what do they and call it? Catch well, catch radius, isn't it? The arm length. Yeah, it just puts it all all together, puts all the combined stuff together, and gives you a number. That's all it is. It's just a number. <laughs> Doesn't tell you that you know they're going to go to Hall of Fame or seven Pro Bowls, but the Saints certainly live and die by it. So, so you could literally have someone who's <clears throat> just for argument's sake, like six foot four. 240 pounds, big long arms, huge hands, and you've got like this incredible vertical jump and broad jump and all that stuff. But, you know, they can't run routes because they've got two left feet and they fall over all the time. But that, this test wouldn't tell you that. It would just have all the actual statistics. Um, I suppose it goes to show why why all these teams uh, spend so much time in the researching. But 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 here's, here's the thing, Jake. I want to get your view on this because I'm sure... We spoke about this last year, okay? 
teams spend all year preparing for the, the as soon as this draft's done, as soon as it's done, they've got people working, looking at next year's draft. Who's the next best player to come out? In fact, they've probably got it even before this draft's done. Who can we get next year? They've got guys employed all year round looking at this. So why do you suppose it is that some people come out of college and they're, you know, they're a bust for whatever reason, you know, and then you'll always hear people saying, oh, well, yeah, because there were so many red flags when they were in college. Well, hang on a second. If there was red flags when they were in college and you guys have been studying this for, you know, this one guy for the best part of two years, how, why did you draft him, you know, 10th overall or, or whatever? I mean, why do you suppose that happens with the amount of time and effort that goes into evaluating these draft picks? How do you suppose some of these things go completely awry? I mean, you know, the, the most famous one, of course, is um, the, the Raiders taking the player whose name I've forgotten, <laughs> Jamarcus Russell, uh, first overall. And then after he's drafted and he's, you know, and he's playing and people are like, oh yeah, he's, uh, you know, he, he can't do this and he can't do that. And they're saying, oh yeah, well he couldn't do that in college. And you think, well, well, hang on a second. If if the commentators know this, surely the teams must know this. Well, what's your viewpoint on that, Jake? I mean, do you, do you have a viewpoint on it or do you just think they're just spitting in the wind and, and taking a hit? What do you reckon? It's like when a woman looks at a bad boy and goes, I can change him. No, you can't. Um, but at the same time, on the flip side, it's just human nature in terms of you, Rob Gronkowski, for example, no one wanted to draft him because mm -hmm. no one could clear him physically. He would go in for his visits and all the doctors would go, your back's absolutely goosed. We, there's no way you should be playing football. We can't clear you, so we can't draft you. So first round talent slips and slips and slips. Patriots pick him up. Boom, Hall of Famer. And everyone who couldn't pass him on a physical is going, oh, I should have just taken a chance. It, you know, it, people see and fall in love with the idea of something. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. It's just, say, it works out perfectly. Sometimes you see Laramie Tunsil or yeah. Lauren Sapp. They kind of have these instance a day or two before or something comes up from during college you know mm -hmm. apparently Warren Sapp failed 10 drug tests and he, even he came out and went surely if I failed like 10 drug tests it would have come out more than a day before the draft like it would have come out <laughs> each month I failed it but people you know oh, I can't touch him I, I can't draft him I need a I need a sure thing and then you pass on him you go on oh, next year I'm just if I like a guy I'm taking him and then yeah, the Raiders are just the Raiders. I, I don't know what they do, to be honest. I think they just throw a dart. Well, they, they look at the, the 40 times. Yeah. And, and the height. Was it was 6'6", and he ran a 4'4". Four, four. We're taking him. I mean, that, that's that's all they do. Um, Most teams look at the off-field issues as a bad thing. Raiders like, who's got the most off-field issues? Mm. <laughs> is, is he fast? Yeah. <laughs> Put him on the board. <laughs> How many, how many felonies has he got? Yeah, yeah. got that. Does he have a gambling problem? Yes. Be, because when, when you, you mentioned Warren Sapp there, and when Warren Sapp came out, um, I think a lot of people thought he was going to get taken by the Jets. And I know that the Jets fans wanted Warren Sapp. He was the guy. They wanted, they were like, we'll take him. You know, off-field issues regardless, we'll take Warren Sapp. He'll make our team better. And in the end, I I think they drafted at a tight end. 
Um, yeah. Whose name I've forgotten. And, you know, God love him. Uh, I, I think, in fact, is that not the one where the commissioner, who I think was, it was it Paul Tagliabue, was the commissioner at the time, is reading out the things. And when he gets to the Jets and he sees the Titan, he actually sniggers as he's reading out the name. And you're like, what are you doing? You can't do that. You're the commissioner. Um, but yeah, I mean, they wanted Warren Sapp. All the fans will say, we want Warren Sapp. The, the, the New York press, Warren Sapp to the Jets. And they didn't take him. And he, he went to um, a Tampa Bay, obviously. And, you know, became a one of the greatest players in Buccaneers history. <laughs> Just a stonewall on that uh, defensive line. And you think, how much of this... You know, as you mentioned, off-field issues. How much do you think is sort of, I don't want to say made up, how much do you think is maybe exaggerated by perhaps somebody trying to dissuade someone else from drafting this player? You know, maybe the Buccaneers are going, let's, re- let's release a rumour about Warren Sapp. <laughs> That's, that he's failed all these drug tests and that he steals cars at the weekends and whatever it is, you know. And they're just like, yes, I will take you. We'll take you. Uh, look at Randy Moss. Randy Moss, when he was being drafted um, and, and he was visiting with, with teams and that, he didn't even visit the Vikings because they were like, oh, we're going to take you at whatever it was, um, 20th. And he's like, I'm not going to be there at 20. Are you kidding me? There's no way I'm going to be there at 20. And he, he just slid right down to the Vikings. So oh, thank you very much. We'll take you. Um, yeah, and everyone was going, oh, he's one of the most generational talents to ever come out of college. When 20th or, or, or whatever the number was. I'm, I'm obviously just uh, paraphrasing that. Not paraphrasing. That's the wrong thing to say. What? Good grief, McKinnon. Anyway, you know what I mean. Um, do you think there might be something in that where maybe people are releasing a wee thing about a player just to hurt his draft stock slightly? Or do you think I'm being very paranoid? No, I think that might have happened this year. I mean, CJ Shroud, his whatever score it was, the, the written test basically, and um, him learning, that was blown massively out of proportion in mm. terms of this guy's a moron. Doesn't, you know, no way we could draft him. He's an idiot. Um, and then it was, you know, it's Deshaun Watson. He's got the same agent as Deshaun Watson. There's no way the Texans are going to take him, blah, 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 blah. All these stories about how he might not even be the second quarterback taken. And lo and behold, Texans go on the clock at two and go, lol. We yeah. were always taking CJ Stroud. There was no, they were, they, no way they weren't going to. I was surprised that um, Will Levi's, despite them, everyone calling him Levis, because that's his name. Uh, I'm, I'm quite surprised he went down as far as he did. I was quite surprised to that. I thought he'd go mu- uh, top 20 anyway. But no, he slid on the way, all the way down to the Titans, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Will Levis there. Um, wh- what, do you make of, what do you make of that pick? I think that's a great pick for Tennessee because, you know, everything you read about him, everything you saw about him, like he's, he's competent. He's, he's good at what he does. Why would you not take him? And the Titans might actually be a perfect team because how long have we been saying uh, they might be moving on from Tannehill and they're not sold on who they've got behind them. Now, what do you make of that? Certainly not a bad pickup for tents. Like you say, you've got Ryan Tannehill, so uh, Levis doesn't have to start day one. Um, there's no denying that the Titans want to get out of that contract and they're not going to be offering him yeah. guaranteed money going no. forward. So I think it's a very much a short-term deal for them both at the moment. Um, as for me, I only partake in, in drafts 
about a week or so before I started to get involved. But looking at it from afterwards, everybody has said, you know, that we're looking into it, you know, three, four months ago, Will Levis was, you know, second, third round pick. And then just as it gets closer, obviously the draft hype, everyone gets bought in. He's going to go first round. He's going to be maybe to the Colts. And then all of a sudden there was these rumors he's going second, maybe even first. And then, like I say, as soon as you make it past the QB needy teams, yeah. everyone goes, well, actually, I'm not actually that much in love with them. And then, you know, oh, Titans might take him at 11 or, you know, Seattle might take him at 20. And, it, you know, you're running out of teams that need a quarterback. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in round two. And so yeah, I think he is fortunate in one way in terms of the, the situation he's arrived at with um, Tennessee and actually getting a chance to, to play football this year. But also not having to play football, you know, is not yeah. rushed into it. No, of course not. I, I, I'll be honest. I thought Seattle would take him with their pick. Um, I don't have the number there in front of me. I did have twenty. They were twenty. Were they twenty itself? Yeah, I thought Seattle was going to take him because I, I don't, you know, no offense to Drew Locke, but I don't think Seattle think that Drew Locke's going to be the guy if anything happens to Gino. Um, and I thought they would go for him. So when he continued to slide, I was like, oh, is this? I don't, don't know where. By that point, I'm like, I now have no idea where he's going. Um, after the after the 20th pick, I thought, I don't know where he's going to go now. Could be anywhere. Um, and he, there he was. He got picked up by the, the Titans or Will Levis there. But I suppose we should talk about the, the draft itself, the first round in mm-hmm. particular. Um, so when you look at the some of the picks, was there any picks in particular, that really stood out to you uh, as like, that's a that's a, a great pick? Or did you think that it, it went, obviously, the, the way it went, sort of, um, you'd, you'd predicted it pretty, pretty well. Obviously, you didn't have uh, trades and stuff in, you, in your mock draft that you made up for us. But you predicted it pretty good. Uh, but was there anything that you thought, wow, that's that's a, a really good pick for them? Uh, what did you think of the Texans, for example, trading back up to, to three after the second pick? If I'm honest, I, I didn't love it. Um, the I had the Cardinals trading out of three. I think it was pretty obvious uh, yep. someone was going to trade out. But the Texans gave up an awful lot to get there, which uh, and an awful lot for what you would normally get a quarterback for. I mean... If he doesn't turn out to be a superstar, it's it's just I don't know a very strange one to me in terms of how much they gave up to to move back. I mean, on paper, it's great. You got basically the quarterback of the future that you wanted and the best offensive player, which everyone had decided you you know if you're going to go defense, that's the player you would take. But to like I say to to give up that much for a defensive end, or you know, yeah. it, it seems an awful lot. It, it it does seem like a lot. Um, so as as we quickly go through some of the picks, obviously, as you've already mentioned, Bryce Young goes first overall to Carolina. I don't think anyone was particularly surprised by that. Um, the Texans then take CJ Stroud, second overall, traded up for Will Anderson Jr., the edge rusher from Alabama. Um, so as you already mentioned, they traded with Arizona. So Arizona moved down there. I think you'd said that Arizona might trade with Las Vegas initially, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, that's what you'd, you'd said in your, in your mock draft. Of course, you know, no one's expecting perfection on the, the trade tracker. Shall we call it that? Trade tracker? You know what I mean? Uh, when we do these things. You predicted Richardson to the Colts, Anthony Richardson. 
Um, and then, of course, uh, running up the top five, Devin Witherspoon to the Seahawks, uh, the cornerback. Have you seen anything of Witherspoon? What did you make of that? Because I'll be honest, I didn't think they would go corner with that fifth overall pick. Uh, that's the one they got from Denver, obviously. But have you have you seen or read anything about Witherspoon that makes you think that, that was a good choice? Just that he was going to be a future Lion, and the Lions at, at six went, excuse me? The yeah. Seattle Seahawks don't need a cornerback. They were not mocked or expected to take a cornerback. He was our player. Yeah. What do we do now? And then the Lions went, trade. Yep, they, they, they immediately... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. As Pretty much as soon as the Witherspoon pick was made... There was a trade happening in number six, and it went from um, that was one from from Los Angeles to Detroit. Detroit in six, they've then traded to Arizona. Arizona jumping at six and take a uh, Paris Johnson Jr. the tackle there. The Raiders then had the number seven pick. They took Edge Tyree Wilson again. I was surprised at that. Well, not surprised because it was the Raiders, but I didn't think they would go for Edge. They've already got Max Crosby. They've got some serious talent rushing the passer. But there, there's a serious deficiencies in other areas. So I was quite surprised he went for, for edge rusher there. What, I mean, what did you think of that one? Well, the Chandler Jones experiment has gone awful. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's he's true. there for one more year, so I think this is a case of we've got Terry Wilson. We'll see what we've got for a year, and hopefully, when we finally get rid of Chandler Jones' monster contract, that was a mistake. Um, we won't need a pass rusher next year. So I suppose it was kind of best player available. And also, let's kind of prepare for losing Chandler Jones already. Yeah. Uh, so, at number eight goes a man who you said would be terrifying on, on the Bears. Uh, the Bears picked at number 10. Uh, at number eight, the Atlanta Falcons took Bijan Robinson, running back, on the third best running team in the league last year. And I thought, that's a funny one. I don't know why they would take a running back. How many times have we spoken about the value of running backs? What did you make of this pick? Uh, for the Falcons, I had Tyree Wilson initially. Obviously, he'd just gone. Mm-hmm. I had said um, last week, this could be Bijan Robinson. It's interesting. I mean, it's good for your young quarterback. He's now got, you know, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson, you know, but... You've got Tyler Algier, you've got Cordell Patterson. Yeah. Again, it's in a roster that has needs and you want to improve your team. He's a luxury pick. If, like I say, if he turns out to be Derek Henry, you know, absolutely fantastic. But Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson were a fantastic, you know, one two punch last year. Yeah. Who's losing, you know, they're both now losing carries. So. Yeah, as I say, they were, they were the third ranked rushing attack in the league last year. You think, right, you're already top three. Okay, and I know you want to be number one, but you're already top three. Maybe running back is not the best position. I thought they'd go for a Darnell Wright, the tackle. I, I thought that's where they would go. I thought they would go offensive line. Um, he actually fell down to 10 to, to the Bears. So the Bears, I think, made the right move with that pick. Uh, squeezed in between those was uh, Philadelphia Eagles, who took defensive tackle Jalen Carter. Um, and then at 11, the Titans took Peter Skoronski, another offensive tackle. And then came the Lions at number 12, and they took Jamir Gibbs, running back from Alabama. What did you make of that one? A very interesting day one for Lions. Two players that... Yes, indeed. They took way too early, according to most boards. 
but it has come out that a lot of people in the teens and the, the early 20s were looking at skips. So if the Lions hadn't taken him at 12 and waited till 18, would they have got him? No. Uh, and like I say, I think their day one was kind of put in scramble when Witherspoon had gone. Yeah. Um, I was, saying before, I was going to say before, they, they took terrible value from the Cardinals, really. The Cardinals had a fuck, uh, an absolutely like, fantastic uh, kind of day one in terms of trading back, getting superb value from the Texans, yeah. and then trading up with the Lions and, and not paying it all too, you know, all too much, uh, and getting who they wanted in the first place. I told it was pretty common knowledge they want to take Paris Johnson Jr., shore up that offensive line. I mean, Callum Murray's uh, a future offensive line scout, I think, just judging from the players that he's wanted previously, I'm yeah. going to assume Paris Johnson's going to be perfect. Um, but yeah, Gibbs, and then obviously the, the one we'll get to at 18, both surprise, um, but I think lines themselves back themselves. They're all about culture and good fits. Uh, and if they fall in love with a player, who cares if you take him at 12 or, or 52? I mean, Say, not many people remember where you were drafted. I mean, Alvin Kamara was a third rounder. If we did that draft again, he would be number, you know, he would be number twelve. So, good, good turn out to be a steal. Uh, I mean, it, it could indeed. Now, you you mentioned that he'd been looking at, sorry, he'd been projected to go maybe in the late teens, early twenties. Um, the next pick, which was the Green Bay Packers at number thirteen taking Lucas Van Ness, the linebacker. I was, uh, well, I, I couldn't believe the pick because I'm thinking, right, so you've got Jordan Love. Um, so you, you've lost your quarterback. So Jordan Love comes in. Let's get our quarterback some help. Surely, surely you're thinking, let's get our new quarterback some help because you've also lost um, receivers as well. It's not It's not just Ian Rodgers is gone. Uh, Lazard's gone as well. And I was convinced they would take a receiver, but they went for linebacker, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. And I was just, I, I couldn't believe the pick. Now, um, full disclosure, uh, this was one of the players I didn't really look up and I don't really know anything about Lucas Van Ness, but I really thought the Packers are going to go wide receiver on this one and I, I was just stunned by the pick. Um, I, I mean, do you have any opinion on Lucas Van Ness? Have you, have you seen anything from him at all? No, I'm not hugely into to the college. I've seen Van Ness yeah. go as high as the Eagles uh, and he was basically always destined for, for a first round. Like I say, it would have been perfect for your quarterback to get some help. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people thought they want to take Dalton Kincaid, the tight end. Um, if they took a wide receiver, it would have just been absolute poetry that, you know, they never drafted a wide receiver to help I, I know uh, Rodgers in the first round and then they just <laughs> stick it to him one last time. That, that would have been yeah, a good storyline. Some people were talking about uh, Zay Flowers uh, at the Boston College and he was, he was very highly regarded by a lot of people. He ended up, I think, being the third or fourth wide receiver actually take a third receiver taken he was actually taken by Baltimore uh, at 22 but I thought what a perfect time for you to 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 get a wide receiver for your quarterback so, but essentially essentially a brand new quarterback I know he's been there for three years this will be year four but it's essentially a brand new quarterback get everything sort of rebooted uh, offensively and they drafted a linebacker and I was just thinking why? <laughs> Why? It may be that that um, he turns out 
to be absolutely sensational. Lucas Van Ness looks like, you know, the next Clay Matthews. Uh, would that be Clay Matthews the third? I'm not sure. Anyway, um, he, that may be. Maybe they just went best player available, don't care about what's going on. But I thought, surely now is the best time to get a wide receiver for your quarterback. They didn't do it. Uh, they've gone for a linebacker. So um, after that, we had the Steelers taking Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, number 14. No surprises there. Um, and then the Jets were picking again, and they took edge rusher Will McDonald, the fourth from Iowa State, um, whom a lot of people consider to be a very, very good edge rusher and possibly the best left uh, on the board at that time. So the Jets get um, Will McDonald, um, a good pick for them, I thought. I mean, wh- wh- what do you think of, of Will McDonald? Again, I mean, he's the- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. I was mm-hmm. I wasn't perplexed by it. I thought it's a very sensible pick. Um but I I didn't see it coming. Does that make sense? Yeah, he was the one I had going to the Saints. I thought he was kind mm-hmm. of a end of day one, maybe fall into day two kind of pick. So maybe a bit of uh, a surprise to the Jets. I think the Steelers snookered them a little bit. I, I absolutely love what the Steelers did pretty much all draft day. I mean, Broderick Jones yeah. took him before the Jets. Everybody had kind of penciled him in to the Jets. Mm-hmm. They then took Joey Porter Jr. in the second round, which everyone had them taken in the first round. Yeah, And then they picked up Donnell Washington at pick number 93, who everybody had going in the you know late first, maybe second. You know, six foot seven, tight end to go alongside Pat Frymouth. Uh, Steelers absolutely, again, as always, being a, a fantastic organization. For the Jets... I, th- I think they were always going defense if they couldn't get the the offensive line, and by this point, all the kind of top tier offensive linemen had gone. So I think they just went true to their board, and when the me- next person they had up, Will McDonald, maybe slightly earlier than most people had, but is if they, they've done their their research and that's who they're happy with, I think it's a, a safe pick. Yeah, I mean, it it did sort of seem as if the Steelers were going right. Who are they going to pick? We'll take him. <laughs> it's like, they, they really want Broderick Jones we'll draft him <laughs> like oh no the Jets are going what well, they took an edge player they went for it. Emmanuel Forbes then goes to the Washington Commanders cornerback from Mississippi State and then another cornerback Christian Gonzalez went to the Patriots uh, because obviously the, the the Steelers and the Patriots had done a tr- uh, trade so that's why the Steelers are 14 Patriots were 17 they took cornerback Christian Gonzalez we then moved to the Lions again at 18, as you've already mentioned, linebacker Jack Campbell. Another interesting pick for the Lions. How do you reckon Ewan's feeling about this this draft day for his Lions? Like most teams with a good front office, a good culture and a good coach, you kind of just have to have faith. And I think what the Lions did later on in the, the draft mm-hmm. kind of redeemed any kind of worry in terms of they, they picked up some good sound picks. So I think a lot of it is is faith. I I would be really questioning here, Commanders. I mean, they took Emmanuel Forbes Forbes, over Christian Gonzalez, which is just I I say I'm not massive into my college football. I you know I could be horrendously wrong here, but from from what I could see, everybody had Christian Gonzalez, maybe even going in the top ten, being the second cornerback no matter what and then there was a bit of a drop off to the next guys you know your Joey Porter Jr your Emmanuel Forbes you know Deontay Banks so yeah I at mean, this point I was messaging you, sorry carry on 
Uh, no, I was saying at this point, I was messaging you and like, oh my, the, the Washington commanders are running this pick in. And he's like, Will Levis? I was like, no, no, this is Christian Gonzalez, 100%. And then I went on Twitter and saw who it was. And I was like, I can't believe Washington have just done this. And the Patriots, neither the Patriots must have just been sat there going, well, this is perfect. Well, we've they traded back, been, we've got some extra picks, and we've got Christian Gonzalez. I this. think Bill Belichick was probably happier about that pick than he's been about any pick in the past 10 years. He was like, what? This just felt us. Are you kidding me? Um, if you take Witherspoon out of the equation, I think pretty much everybody was sold on Gonzalez being the next best cornerback, the best cornerback in the draft, other than uh, Witherspoon. Um, so for me, it was almost like when the um, oh Panthers took JC Horn over Pat Sertan, mm-hmm. and you're like, that nothing wrong with JC Horn, uh, fine, but. Why would you take him over someone who pretty much everyone considers to be slightly better? And it was the same with the Gonzalez Forbes thing. So when they took Forbes, you're like, okay, it's not a bad pick, but why would you take him when Christian Gonzalez is sitting there? Very strange, very strange indeed. Um, so yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you and would have been happy with Jack Campbell, the Washington Commanders, though. I don't know what they're doing. Um, we then go to 19, Tampa Buccaneers. Um, Kalija Kansi, defensive tackle from Pittsburgh. Seahawks are then picking again at number 20, where they got Jackson Smith Njigba. Am I pronouncing that wrong? Njigba. Njigba. I don't know if they pronounce the N. Njigba or Jigba. Anyway, uh, wide receiver from Ohio State. He was the first wide receiver off the board. Um, Los Angeles Chargers then to Quentin Johnson, another wide receiver. And then it was just wide receiver central. The Ravens got Zay Flowers at 22, as we'd already mentioned. And then the Vikings came in and picked up Jordan Addison from USC. Now, we mentioned a few weeks ago how Adam Thielen had gone from Minnesota over to um, uh, Carolina. Uh, was it Carolina? I've completely forgotten where he went. Mm-hmm. It was Carolina. Hey, so Adam Thielen's gone. So, but then you think, do they have like a whole lot wide receiver? Not really. Justin Jefferson is that good. It's it's not like they've got no receivers, but they did pick up Jordan Addison. I was quite impressed with that one. Uh, unfortunately, and again, once we get into the twenties, we're starting to look at some players that I'm like, I, I don't know a lot about this guy, but uh, listening to the, the, the draft experts talking about Jordan Addison, it seemed like some of them are really high on this kid, and he could be a good addition to that Vikings offense. I mean, uh, did you have any anything on that at all? Well, I knew this was going to be kind of the wide receiver, and I had the Chargers taking Quinn and Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, I then had the Vikings taking Zay Flowers. He yeah. went the pick before to the Ravens, which I think was a great pick. And then I had the Giants picking Jordan Anderson, and obviously they. Um, Jordan Anderson was taking the pick before. I was always a pick, a pick behind, but uh, for. <laughs> Seattle, I loved kind of what they did. Um, getting with a spoon at five, maybe not a, a dire need for them, but to pair them up with Tariq Woolen and you know, superb. You know, he team is made on defense in terms yeah. of Seattle. And then yeah. Geno Smith, I mean, great day for him. He gets paid, and now he's got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and, and the latest wide receiver from Ohio State. I mean, they've got a pretty good track record of wide receivers. Um, so he Gino Smith must have been quite happy uh, when he saw that pick. Oh, he'd be loving it. He'd be loving it. And I know that DK Metcalf gets a lot of the, the the press, shall we say. But Tyler Lockett is one of the most underrated receivers in the league. Uh, the guy is 
absolutely fantastic. I hate him because he's so good and because he plays for Seattle. Um, it's, it's so annoying. And so for them to then pick up another receiver, as you say, Ohio State wide receiver, you're thinking, wow, that's uh, that could be a bit of an aerial assault coming on from Seattle if Gino manages to stay healthy this year. That'd be pretty pretty happy with that. Now, you did mention the Giants. Um, they picked at 24 after uh, the Vikings. They picked up cornerback Deontay Banks from Maryland. Um, the end of the Buffalo Bills at 25, they got tight end Dalton Kincaid. First tight end off the board. Um, the only tight end in the first round. Um, I saw some stuff about Kincaid, and he looks like a really good player. I thought this was actually an excellent pick for the Bills because I was trying to figure out where are the holes in, in Buffalo? You know, where is it? Is it a real need? And there isn't a real need anywhere in the team. But beefing up the tight end, I think that was a very, very smart pick for them. Because, you know, they could have gone edge Miles Murphy or a player's gap. They, they don't really need that. Um, they've got a good offensive line. So instead of taking someone like uh, Anton Harrison, who went just two picks later, they didn't need that. Tight end, I thought was a great pick for Buffalo. Uh, Dalton Kincaid. I mean, did you did you see anything of Kincaid at all? Uh, he was not expected to be there. Uh, he certainly would not have been there when the Bills were going to pick because he would have gone to the Cowboys. That mm. is a fact. Yeah. So the Bills, knowing this, jump ahead. A brilliant kind of management in terms of the draft board and and knowing if you want this player, you need to move ahead. So the Bills get one up on the Cowboys. And it's just kind of a luxury pick when your your team is that good. Yeah, your quarterback is that good. You take kind of what will help us, but we don't necessarily need it now. Obviously, they've got Dawson Knox. He's a good tight end. Has a few injury issues. There's nothing wrong with having a healthy tight end too, anyway. Um, but if he does come down with an injury, you've also now got a ready-made it uh, replacement as well. So just just good good management from the Bills, I think. Yeah, excellent. And now you mentioned the Cowboys. Of course, they were picking next 26th. They picked up defensive tackle Mazzy Smith from Michigan. Uh, the Jaguars at 27 got Anton Harrison, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Cincinnati Bengals at 20 took Miles Murphy, the edge player from Clemson. And then Jake's very own New Orleans Saints picked up defensive tackle Brian Brissy. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Brissy, I think it is. Um, what did you make of that? Did you look this guy up, or, or did you have to look this guy up after you uh, selected him? And if you did, what did you see? I was, I was happy. I just when it came to that point, and it was you know like three, four a.m. at this point, going delirious talking to you, and I just said, "Got to be defensive lineman. Take a defensive lineman. You know, whether it's Nolan Smith, whether it's Miles Murphy, get us get Cam Jordan some help. Um, so we take a big <laughs> defensive tackle." I was more than happy with kind of how our draft went. He's a, a big fella, um, and I'm hoping he can kind of do the business, but certainly wasn't uh, too mad for it at all. Um, and then we rounded up the, the final uh, day one with Philadelphia Eagles at 30, taking edge uh, Nolan Smith, and then the Kansas City Chiefs at 31, also taking an edge player. They went for Felix uh, Anudike Uzoma, I was quite surprised at that. I didn't think they would go for an edge, but they did. But then you think, well, wh where did they go? You know, wh what are they going to do? It's not like they need anyone at all. The Super Bowl champions. Um, I, I would have loved if they'd taken Will Levis. I would have loved that career backup. There you go. You'll never play. 
would have been, that would have been great. Well, not for Levis, obviously, it'd be terrible. But then he'd probably walk away with like three Super Bowl rings. He'd be quite happy about that. Uh, what did you make those last two picks there? Uh, Smith to the Eagles and then Uzoma to the Kansas City Chiefs. Two edge players to round out the first round. I mean, Nolan Smith falling to 30 was just diabolical. I, yep. I tweeted many times how much I hate Harry Roseman. Out of respect, I mean, the man is just a, an absolute magician. Okay, you know, trading up to secure Jalen Carter before the Bears gave away a fourth round for that. Well worth it. You know, Jalen Carter couldn't be going to a better situation than going being surrounded by his, his friends and former teammates. Yep. And a, a great defensive line as it is. And then how Nolan Smith ended up at 30, the Eagles, and how Roseman must have been kicking their legs and giggling. Um, most people, including myself, had Nolan Smith being taken at number 10 by the Eagles. Um, so just a perfect day one for the Eagles. And it, it got even better in terms of later on, in my opinion, as well. I think Harry Roseman just cemented himself as a genius. But, I mean, how much of that is just sheer dumb luck? Because, I mean, the Bengals took Miles Murphy at 28. And as we'd already mentioned, the Jets at 15 took Will McDonald. And you're thinking, well, is there something wrong with Smith that he's that he's dropped all the way down to thirty? Because I, I I know you you mentioned it already, like wasn't we getting all the all the, the platitudes about how wonderful he did? But you're thinking, well, if someone like that just falls into your lap at number thirty, you're gonna take him. You're gonna look good if you're not actually traded up to do anything for it. But the the initial one there at um, at number nine with Jalen Carter. I mean, my goodness, they've really beefed that defense up. And you wonder how much of that is essentially because of what happened in you know in the Super Bowl. And you think we've got all the pieces, we've got a quarterback, we've got the running game, we've got the wide receivers, we've got the offense, we've got the, the secondary. We just need to get to the quarterback. And that's it. That's all we need. And then we'll be a you know Super Bowl champion team. How much you, how much of that do you reckon? Picking go in DT and then um edge. With those two picks, what do you reckon? I think it helps, but I think it's also the Eagles being one step ahead. They drafted a center last year, you know, assuming Jason Kelsey was going to retire or leave. Yeah. He stays, so they've got a ready-made replacement already that he can play guard, he'll come back next year. I think it's Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, I think, are both on one-year contracts. So mm -hmm. if they retire or leave, well, they've got Jalen Carr and Nolan Smith. They're just one step ahead. I mean... Something fascinating, we can go into the DeAndre Swift trade, but the Eagles are paying $6.9 million for their running back room, which is Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift, and Trey Sermon. I'm throwing a random number there, $6.9 million. For reference, the Carolina Panthers are paying $6.35 million for Miles Sanders. Mm. End of story. End, end of sentence. Just Miles Sanders. Why don't we talk about that DeAndre Swift trade? Because when it happened, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I, I I was just thinking, what are you doing? Like seriously, why? First of all, why are the Lions trading him? Well, I can I can kind of see why they're they're doing that, but then for you know they get him and they they, they sign the contract. And you're thinking, there's there's not the buttons, absolute buttons. How many times have we spoken about these running backs being undervalued? Jordan Swift's a fantastic player. Um, now, as I say, I get why the Lions consider him to be expendable. I get that. But you'd think, you'd say, hang on, he's still a really good player. We want a heck of a lot for this guy. And 
it didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, what, what did you think? Well, I think the Lions are getting a bit of a reputation, um, which will be good along with player relations and kind of free agency, I think, where they kind of work with players to trade them to where they want to go within reason. Um, it's happened a few times before. DeAndre Swift is from Philadelphia, went to school in Philadelphia, wanted to go to Philadelphia, who wouldn't as a running back, you know. I yeah. would also like to play for the Eagles, uh, get myself a ring. You know, that wouldn't be too bad. Um, but most teams go, oh, we're not trading you to anyone in the conference or anyone in the league, and you'll go where we, we say. I think the Lions are kind of getting a reputation for understanding and talking to players and saying, okay, you want we, you know, we want to move on from you, you know, kind of within reason, where do you want to go? We'll kind of, you know, see if there's any interest and work with the player, which I think can only benefit kind of their relationships with players going forward. Um, how much of that do you reckon is um, because obviously when, when we see players getting traded and they say, oh, you know, how could you trade that player within your own division, you know, or how could you trade that player within the conference? That's usually Super Bowl contending teams you're talking about. Do you think any of that's the Lions going, oh, we're trading with the Eagles. Oh, how could you do it within the conference? Like, what you think? You think the reason that the Eagles um, might be better than us next year is because they've got DeAndre Swift and we don't? Like, shut up. You know, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I'm just saying it's not like the Lions were fighting for the Super Bowl last year. The Eagles were. Now, I could get some uh, fans, actual Lions fans, being annoyed by this. I get that, of course. I get annoyed every time. Every time the Broncos trade or cut a player that I like, I get annoyed. And I say they shouldn't do it. Even if he's rubbish. If I like him, they, sh they shouldn't be cutting this guy or trading this guy. Um, so, I I can understand why the fans would think that. But you reckon, like, the front office are going, yeah, I don't, I don't think us trading DeAndre Swift to the, the Eagles is what's going to make the Eagles any better than us next year. It's not that. Um, or do you think I'm just talking nonsense again? I mean, it's possible, but I think mainly from the Lions' perspective, they're going, we're happy with our running back room. We've just drafted Gibbs. We don't want DeAndre Swift kind of going forward. doesn't fit what we want. We don't want to pay him. We'll, we'll move him to anyone. Like, doesn't doesn't matter to us. Yeah, I mean... It, for the Lions, they'll be, you know, if they have to play the Eagles in the, the NFC Conference and DeAndre Swift scores a touchdown, I think I think even then they'll be like, well, we got to the NFC Conference and everyone told us we were idiots for trading this guy, so... Exactly. I don't think so, you know, at the end of the day, I think yeah. they're, they're more than happy with their decision, kind of confident. Uh, uh, yeah, going un unless he single-handedly stops you from making the playoffs by <laughs> scoring eight touchdowns in one game against you in the final week of the season. But hey, that maybe then you could gripe, but otherwise it's just I, I don't I don't get a lot of the oh trading within the conference or within the division. Yeah, I, the fans I understand why they hate it, but for a lot of these analysts, you're like it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. For example, perfect example of this would be if um, the the Saints traded Alvin Kamara to. Um, uh, let's say for argument's sake, they trade Alvin Kamara to, to the Eagles. Let's go with that. Trade Alvin Kamara to the Eagles. If you don't play the Eagles this this year, then it means nothing. It doesn't matter who you traded to. I get in the division because you're seeing them twice a year and guaranteed twice. You're going to see them twice. But in the conference, 
You don't even play all the teams in the conference every year. Sometimes you can go three years without meeting a team in your conference. So this whole, oh, I can't believe you're trading within the conference. Eh, it's a bit of old hat. I used to believe in it. I, I don't anymore. I think I think it's a bit of nonsense. But I get, as I say, I get why the fans are annoyed. Absolutely. Particularly if it's what the fans would consider a rival. Because remember, not all rivalries are interdivisional. Uh, do you know what I mean? So, for example, um, for years and years, the, 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 the 49ers and the Cowboys were huge rivals. They weren't in the same, they've never been in the same division. It's just the way it goes. And for years and years, you had the, 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 the Redskins and the Dolphins. Redskins, as they were called at the time, currently redacted. And the Dolphins, because in the 70s, they were backwards and forwards. Or the Steelers and the Cowboys, backwards and forwards. And actually, anyone of the Cowboys, really. It's like, it's okay. Cowboys have got a lot of rivals, you know, for America's team. Most of America don't actually seem to like them. Uh, Jake, outside of your division, who do you think are the Saints' biggest rivals? Which team do you absolutely despise? Go for it. I don't, outside of division, I just, I don't really think too much about outside the division. Oh, the Vikings for what they did to me. The Vikings, there you go, perfect example. <laughs> <laughs> just for the, Minnesota for, miracle, for, for, for the Minneapolis what. Miracle yeah, you hate them and you will always want to see them lose from now on won't you yes no I wouldn't even go I wouldn't even go that far <laughs> just anyone but the Falcons anyway <laughs> right so be, being a Broncos fan obviously uh, the, the Raiders obviously the Raiders uh, outside of our division uh, the Browns, because of the, the 1980s, the, the late 80s, was a huge rivalry with the Browns and the Broncos. Three AFC Championship games in, in four years. We met them. Uh, the Patriots, sorry, Bill, but yeah. Uh, the Buccaneers, because they signed Tom Brady. Uh, and of course, of course, the Seattle Seahawks. Cannot stand the Seahawks. I would rather see the Seahawks lose than see the Broncos win. Then you have issues, my friend. I do. I've got serious hatred of the Seahawks. Do you, and do you know where it comes from? I, I'll tell you where it comes from, right? So, in the, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. So, in the Super Bowl 48, when the Broncos played the Seahawks, and they were like, oh, the Legion of Boom were the greatest. Oh, they, they totally shut up. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. The Legion of Boom did not win that Super Bowl for... The Seahawks. The Broncos' mistakes won that Super Bowl for the Seahawks. The snap going over uh, Peyton Manning's head? Nothing. Literally nothing to do with the Legion of Boom. The second half kickoff being returned for a touchdown? Nothing to do with the Legion of Boom. Peyton Manning's third interception? Nothing to do. That was just a stupid throw. That's not because that's not great defense. That's a stupid throw. Uh, Demetrius Thomas fumbling? He just dropped the ball. That, that wasn't an incredible defensive play. Nothing to do with it. I'm sick and tired of people lauding this Seahawks defense as the greatest thing since sliced bread. They had no business being in any of the Super Bowls they were in, except the other teams choked it in the NFC Championship games or the playoffs. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I hate that. And Pete Carroll chewing that gum, just chewing his gum on the sidelines there. You're like, oh does my head in and as i said to you last year i despise russell wilson he's now a bronco so you know it's, it's not as bad but then he played awful for us so i still kind of despise him still kind of 
But you know, if he plays well this year, might forgive him a wee bit. I'm I'm just just saying. So yeah, I don't like the Seahawks. That's what I was going with that. Sorry, Jake. I kind of went off on a tangent. Do apologize. I'm okay. I'm okay now. So you don't really hate anyone apart from the Vikings for the Minneapolis Miracle and the Falcons. Why the Falcons so much? What, what where does that come from? Why not the the I don't, I don't know. You know, somebody one of the other ones in your division. That that is the rivalry. That's like saying why do Everton not like Liverpool? That that is the rivalry. We don't like the Falcons. Yeah, but say outside of the division, I I don't really care. Like Patriots. But what about the Panthers? Patriots. Panthers, they've been rubbish. I don't have to really worry about them. <laughs> Buccaneers, didn't have to worry about them for years. Okay, so then I don't it, have to worry about them again. So. It's the Falcons. It's the Falcons. And like I said, the Patriots were the easy team, but I respect Bill Belichick a lot. And then they also did that against the Falcons. So they're like my second favorite team almost because mm. that that alone that Super Bowl alone was like one of the b- best moments of my American football life God, oh, yeah, I can't so glad I stayed that. awake for that no it was, I was oh it was best decision of my life not going to bed when it was 28-3 oh no I just I just I can't I can't I just so I, I hate Tom Brady so much I couldn't, couldn't I went to the I, dark side I, I, I joined I, the... well I'll tell you um, I did too once because <laughs> Super Bowl Forty Nine. I Pass the ball to Lynch. I I was supporting the Patriots. Tom Brady. I supported Tom Brady and the Patriots in Super Bowl Forty Nine against the Seahawks. I I did. That's that's how much I hate this. I supported Tom Brady over Pete Carroll. What does that tell you? That that's that's ridiculous. I never thought I would ever admit to that. Um, you know, I, I but it's it's true. When when they won, I cheered. When Russell Wilson threw that interception, I was I was laughing. And when I saw uh, Pete Carroll's face, Richard Sherman's face on the sideline in that close-up shot of him just being in agony, was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Because I can't stand Richard Sherman either. So there you go. Anyway, You've got too much hate uh, in when you. Uh, what's that? You you have too much hate. Probably it's far, far too much hate to be doing a podcast. I'll tell you that <laughs> you know an impartial podcast of it. Anyway, nothing impartial going on here. This is all super biased. So just before we move on to the other news around the NFL, Jake, uh, very quickly, fourteen players have officially had their fifth year options declined. Now we already mentioned uh, mentioned Chase Young. Last week, um, he, he had his declined, but there's 13 other players, including Isaiah Simmons, C.J. Henderson, Mekai Becton, who I was very surprised at, I'll be honest, uh, Javon Kinlaw, Austin Jackson, uh, Kalevon Chasson, could be pronounced that wrong, apologies if you're listening, uh, Jalen Rager, Kenneth Murray, Cesar Ruiz, Jordan Brooks, Patrick Queen, Noah Igbonigueni, I hope I got that right, and Clyde edwards Elia. Um, so some of the names there, Mackay Becton, Jalen Rager, Clyde edwards Alaire, I'm a little bit surprised at. Um, maybe not so much with uh, edwards Alaire. I think because he, he looked so good in his rookie season with, with the Chiefs. You know, it's going to happen. Um, but were any names on that list that sort of stood out to you, Jacob, for those ones who've had the fifth-year options declined? Not so. I think it was a, a pretty poor draft when you look at it. And Mackay Becton's been overweight, not played, been injured. Jalen Rager's been traded. He's now 
was he drafted a, a pick before Justin Jefferson and now he's on the same team as Justin Jefferson. Yeah. He's not really doing anything. I mean, a, a lot of times Chase Young, I think, was a surprise. Um, but it can be a good thing not getting your fifth year option in terms of prove it year. Um, and then instead of taking your, you know, next year being on your fifth year option, you can have already a, you know, a guaranteed contract. So if, you know, Chase Young falls out this year, gets, you know, 12 to 15 sacks, he's going to be not short of any suitors next year and, and still get paid a lot of money. Very true. Yep. I think just with the, the fifth year tracker in general, it was very interesting. Only 12 players got it picked up. There was one extended and five ineligible, but shout out to, to Daniel Jones, who I've not always been the biggest fan of. He's the only player to ever have their fifth year option declined and then get signed to a deal with the same team. So the Giants said, we're not picking up your fifth year option. You're rubbish. He had a good year and they went, hey, here's a lot of money. You're not rubbish. So that, I know Jones, that's what they I mean, said, but <laughs> you know, it's like uh, unfortunately, Daniel. You know, if you're listening, uh, lot of evidence to the contrary on that one. I'm just saying, just saying. You know, well, I think it's it's proven interesting this fifth year option and kind of the op, you know sometimes you see teams drafting or trading back into the first round to have that fifth year you know available to them. But yeah, see that with Daniel Jones, and then the most intriguing one was was Jordan Love. He his fifth year option value was twenty point two seven two million, so so twenty just over twenty million fully guaranteed. Rather than picking that up, Green Bay signed him to a one year extension worth twenty two point five million, so more, but only thirteen and a half fully guaranteed. So for Jordan Love, it's good. You know, if he plays to his potential and you know becomes the next Green Bay Hall of Fame quarterback. Better he'll not. get paid more than he would have. He'd better not. Option. But for the flip side, for the for the Packers, if he doesn't turn out to be the next big thing and they, they have to kind of reevaluate the quarterback, they've saved $7 million in, in guaranteed money. So it's kind of a best for both worlds. But an interest, rather than just picking up the 50 option, they kind of got that dealt between them. So I, I thought that was very intriguing and very interesting kind of seeing that. And obviously Jordan Love backing himself and his agent saying, yeah, we'll take the extra $2 million in you know, not fully guaranteed um, rather than taking the safe bet. That's a very good point, Jake, actually. Yeah, it is. Uh, so was there any other any other news that you wanted to talk about at all? Yeah, well, seeing as we're talking about the Packers, we'll talk about Randall Cobb, um, the, the only man in NFL history that doesn't play for teams, he plays for players. He's got, <laughs> obviously joined his, his good friend uh, Rogers at the Jets. Uh, One-year deal, so Lazard... Cobb, I mean, has anyone checked if Jordy Nelson's phone is, is going to be ringing anytime soon? I mean, they're just getting, getting the band back together. Are they going to dig up so, Donald Driver from someone like what? Greg Jennings? What? Greg Jennings so is Greg not Jennings? invited. Greg Jennings is not invited. Uh, yeah, you don't know that. You don't know that. Well, you probably do know that. Well, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was interesting. He's kind of that kind of story where everyone was saying that Aaron Rodgers had a, a list of players the Jets to sign. He was like, "No, I don't." It's like, well, they are signing all your friends, so maybe maybe there was a little bit of truth behind that. But I think it's good for Nathaniel Hackett. You know, obviously had a rough time with the Broncos. Whoa, now an offensive coordinator. He's giving me flashbacks. He's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like Nam or something. Like that. I don't know. But he's got players that are used to his system and kind of they'll be better vibes for him in terms of going forward, having players he's used to and obviously having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback kind of helps. It will. I, I, right, right. 
I'm going to say this now. I'm, I'm going to say this one time, which means I'll probably see it at least 20 more times through this year. If the, the Jets' offense starts absolutely cooking this year, I will be so annoyed. I'll be absolutely apoplectic with rage because of how bad the Broncos' offense was last year under Nathaniel Hackett. If for some reason it works with Aaron Rodgers, but it didn't work with Russell Wilson, I'm going to be absolutely raging because I'm just, I, I, I don't think, I don't think I could handle that because last year was supposed to be our year with a new offensive mind, head coach, got your quarterback and you've got all the things. The Broncos were a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender and it turned to absolute caca. Just, if, if the Jets... So a little bit of me wants the Jets to be rotten this year. <laughs> like, absolutely stinking it up across the board. I want that. Just a little bit of me. Just a wee bit of me. Well, the good news is with the, the New York media and, and Aaron Rodgers, we shouldn't hear too much about it. So <laughs> probably won't be on primetime five times a year. So you won't have to watch. You know, we won't be absolutely sick to death of whatever's going on in New York by Thanksgiving. Well, you know, if we make it to the start of the season the, before we're all fed up of hearing about the only the only place that would have been worse for him to go to would have been Dallas. If he'd gone to Dallas, every week would have been prime time for them. And it's like I don't know if I can handle another eight prime time games of the Dallas Cowboys every season. It's just something's got to give there. They need to stop putting them on prime time. Uh, also, they need to stop putting the Broncos on prime time because we suck on prime time. So <laughs> whatever for whatever reason, rubbish at it. Um, yeah, so yeah, you go. Yeah, so that's uh, that's uh, the, the the New York Jets there uh, with Aiden Rodgers uh, signing Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, love it. And then the the New York Jets who don't play in New York. Well, there was a team that does True. play in New York, the Buffalo Bills. They yes. signed Puna Ford, the nose tackle from Seattle. Um, he's taken less money, yeah, supposedly, um, to go play with Buffalo. You know, chase that rings. Very smart decision from him. Quite and right. again, a, a, a rich team gets richer. Could have had his kind of pick. I think Buffalo had small defensive tackles, maybe asking them to do different things. Yeah, Puna Ford is a big body, and he will do what you expect a nose tackle to do. Um, and I, I just think this is a very savvy pickup by the Bills. It is. It is indeed a good pickup for the Bills. And that, I think it's what they were needing with a little bit of beef. A little bit of beef up front. Because they've got some great linebackers. Like top quality linebackers. Uh, but maybe just a little bit of extra push uh, from the front three or four there, depending on how they play the defense. Because I'll be honest, I'm not Brett Coleman. I don't look at these things. I don't check the All-22 to see what the Bills are actually playing uh, in their formations. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Was there any other uh, news you wanted to talk about there, Jake, before we move on to our final segment? Yes, my favorite news segment of... Uh, well, my, my favorite news of the of the week. And what There's would a that player. Be? Yeah, there's a player by the name of Amani Blood, so you've probably never heard of him. Um, he was a defensive end, came out of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. He lost a year of eligibility in college for a failed drugs test. Okay. So you're thinking, okay, that's that's not great. He no. lost a year of college. He then went undrafted um, to the Tennessee Titans, mm -hmm. never made off their off-season or practice squad. He then was on the, the Bengals for a year. He was on the Titans for a year. Mm -hmm. 
Then last year, he missed six games due to a PED violation, sensing a bit of a pattern here. Just a little um, he was on the Yeah, he was on the Falcons uh, off-season and or practice squad, but never made it to the full team. He was a free agent, and he's just been banned for 17 games for violating, you guessed it, the performance-enhancing substances. So, you know, first time maybe, you know, fool me once. But uh, this is the third time, and he's still getting less than some people gambling on, uh, you know, non-NFL games or, you know, in NFL facilities. So the fact that this guy, in theory, would get a fourth chance um, is hilarious to me. I don't think he will, considering he's obviously not set the world alight when he has been playing. <laughs> um, but yeah, just really stupid to to do it in college. I suffer mean, the consequences. You didn't get drafted. Then do it in the NFL, get busted, and then do it in the NFL again to the point where the NFL went, well, we can't suspend you six games because we've already suspended you to six games. We'll suspend you 17. What is wrong with some of these people? Just oh. just behave yourselves. There's His no need for it. NFL total of 18 tackles isn't getting improved anytime soon. You're telling me that he'd be suspended more games than he's had tackles? No, he'll be suspended one less game. He's his tackle to suspension rate. Yeah, but he's already been suspended six games, hasn't he? In in total, his uh, suspension um, to tackles ratio will be twenty three suspended games to eighteen tackles. That's an interesting. That's a bonus random stat for you, right there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like might be a record itself. Oh my word! What what are these people doing? Honestly, some of them you're just like enough. There's no need to do some of the things that you're doing. There's no need. Performance-enhancing drugs. You're like, like they're not going to check. Do you know what I mean? It's like, They're going to check. You know they're going to check. They check all the time. That's all they talk about, performance-enhancing drugs, bringing the game into disrepute and all this kind of stuff. Just, just keep your nose clean. Right, literally. I mean, because I don't know. What kind of drugs he was doing? Might have been something else. We see else. it once and they're like, oh, it was... So it was this kind of supplement I've taken it it flags something up it was a mistake or it was my my wife's uh, I took one of my wife's tablets by accident and he's like oh yeah okay whatever if you do that once you can kind of blag it and oh it was a mistake blah blah this is the third time you're just like dude you're an idiot and it's like yeah because you can imagine like well I had a cold so I took a Lemsip and it turns out there's something in a Lemsip that will fail you on a drug test like, yeah Mistakes don't happen. take Lemsips anymore. <laughs> it's like it's pretty <laughs> yeah. simple. You know, take something else. If you got a cold, take some Sudafed or some Night Nurse. Or I don't know. Don't take Lemsip. I think you do it again. So that was in college. You had your Lemsip, and then you, you take Night Nurse, and it turns out to some sort of Night Nurse. You're like, well, do you know what? Yeah, I need to either stop getting colds, or I just can't take any medicine for it, and I just need to work my way through, or whatever it is. I'm obviously just using this as a ridiculous example, but stop doing it. It's just so stupid, and to think that they're not going to go. And as I say, it, it could be. It so there's two scenarios here. Either this guy is intentionally taking substances that he knows are illegal, and just didn't think he was going to get caught and has been caught three separate times or he is an idiot and he's just taking stuff and he's got no idea if it's going to get him caught and it gets him caught and then he just continues to do it and you're thinking i mean surely surely this guy uh sorry who did he play for again who did he play for 
He well, last was on the Falcons like practice Falcons. squad, but he's never really played for anyone. Right. Okay. Okay. So, um, when he let's when he's on the Falcons, so let's say he's on the Falcons. So surely there's a guy. I'm sure there is. I'm sure every NFL team has a guy who says, right, this is the medicine you can take. This is the medicine that's going to get you field on a drug test. They've got to have someone who informs the players of these things, you know? So it's like, so if you're allergic, if you get hay fever, right? Okay, you can't take Puritan, but you can take Beckonese or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you can take this, you can't take that. Don't take that, take that and you're fine. Surely these guys have someone, these teams have a guy who's going around telling them, stop taking these things. Either that or the guy's just, you know, getting absolutely smacked out of his nap, but I don't know. <laughs> it could be anything. I don't know what it is that the guy's taking, but my goodness, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? I'll tell you a funny story, actually, Jake. Funny story. Um, while I have a sip of, of my own PED here, which is a lovely cosmopolitan that my wife made me, and it's very nice. I do like a cosmopolitan. <clears throat> anyway, a few years ago, I'm saying a few years ago, it's actually a lot of years ago, uh, because every time I say a few years ago, I forget about the two years of missing COVID, and it's actually ages ago. There was a, I, I remember reading a thing about a, um, a Chinese Olympic team, I think it was Chinese, Olympic team had been a, a banned from the Olympics for taking performance-enhancing drugs. I was like, whoa, that's pretty rough. You know, uh, because we've we've all heard the stories of guys like uh, uh, Ben Johnson on the anabolic steroids and all this kind of stuff. And you hear about all these different drugs that athletes have taken over the years. They end up getting caught and get their medals stripped and all that. And it was this Chinese team who had their, their gold medals taken away for them for performance enhancing drugs. But it turned out it was the uh, synchronized swimming team, which kind of begs the question. What drug do you take to enhance your performance in synchronized swimming? I mean, you think, is, is it like some weird drug that helps you to hold your breath underwater? Or, or, or is it something that gives you better timing and rhythm? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. Um, I don't even know why I brought that up. It's just, it popped into my head there. It's a slight tangent. I do apologize, Jake. Everyone juice for it at this point. <sighs> yeah, probably. They are. They are. Anyway, anyway. Um, unless we have any other suspensions or uh, or news to talk about, do we? Before I carry on. No, I'm all out of of little all, tidbits. <laughs> all the suspensions. Uh, why don't we move on to our final section? And it is, of course, random stats. Random stats. So, Jake, uh, would you like me to go first, or would you like to go first with your random stat? I will preface it by saying mine is very short and sweet, so it depends if you want. No, what, my, mine's, what pretty, do you want to do? mine's pretty short and sweet as well. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll go first. Just okay. very short. And and it's it's random. So, usually, uh, random stats, as you know, are prefaced by a, the last time this happened, or, uh, you know, a never, ever or one of those things. Th this is not one of those stats. This is just a purely random stat uh, that probably doesn't mean anything to anyone, but I'm going to say it anyway. So in this year's uh, draft, which was just, you know, last week, um, as a few people noticed, there were quite a few trades that had happened. Now, some of them had happened 
during the draft and some of them had happened, you know, pre-draft. For example, a perfect example, last year, Broncos trade for Russell Wilson and Seattle gets Denver's first round draft. The, the, the Browns trade for Sean Watson um, and the, the Texans get their pick. So uh, looking at it, uh, in the first six picks, there were four trades. Um, and then in the next six picks, hang on, I've lost count. <laughs> there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven trades. So it was four trades in the first six picks, seven trades in the next six picks. 13, 14, 15 were all trades. Number 17 was traded. Number 24 was traded. Number 25 was traded twice. Number 27 was traded. Number 29 was traded three times. So we total these up. And I'm going to do it now. You need to bear with me because I've got it in front of me. And it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, trades happened that affected 31 picks from this year's first round of the draft and some of these were insane for example the number 12 pick that was mentioned to the, to the lions when they took jamir gibbs belonged to cleveland was traded to houston as part of the uh, Trump watson trade that was then traded to arizona because houston moved up to number three and then arizona traded to detroit so that was the number 12 pick um, you then had the uh, number 29 pick, the Saints, Brian Brissy. That was originally the 49ers, which was sent to Miami. And I can't remember why, but it was. And then Miami taking it to Denver for Bradley Chubb. And then Denver traded it to New Orleans as part of the Sean Payton trade. So that one was actually moved on three separate occasions. Uh, so yeah, all those trades in, in the first round of the draft. I don't know if that's more or less than usual. But I thought it was actually quite fun, and uh, that's my random stat. Very short and sweet, and utterly, utterly pointless. No, I, lo I love, like I say, when you see these picks, and it's, you know, uh, the Saints are picking here, but it's the 49ers pick, which was the Dolphins pick, which yeah. was the Denver pick, <laughs> and you're like, well, okay. But on going on my own kind of tangent, I like the fact that the NFL just kind of gets on with it and says, okay, this is New Orleans pick now. You can yeah. We can tell you where it came from, but this is New Orleans the NBA is the most stupid thing I've ever seen. Whereas they can trade the pick. So say you are the LA Lakers and I'm the LA Clippers and I trade you my pick. The person that gets drafted. So you're the Lakers and the Clippers. Right. He gets drafted mm -hmm. as an LA Laker, mm -hmm. even though I've traded for that pick. I'm the LA Clippers. That is my player. He still has to come out, shake the commissioner's hand, put on an LA Lakers hat even though he's been drafted by the LA Clippers. So is this like an... The NBA is stupid. So is that like um, an anti-Eli Manning situation? Pretty much. They were like, you take a picture with the Chargers jersey. Take it. Yeah. You, you're a Charger. No, I'm a Charger. You're a Charger. You're taking this. So, that, that's what you're doing. It annoys me. You're like, I'm not, not going to so play for much. this team. It doesn't matter. You're, you're yeah. taking it. <laughs> Put the hat on. Take a picture. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Put the hat on. He's just shaking his head. They're like, put the gab on. No. Now putting the gap on. Hold the shirt. That'll do. <laughs> and in the NBA, they even even if you trade the pick, you still, you know, if the Lakers are picking a five and the Clippers six, and I trade up, you're still an LA Laker for five minutes. It's just bizarre. Hang on a second. So what you're saying is that so I'm the Lakers, you're you're the Clippers, right? 
mm-hmm. and you trade for my pick. Yep. You pick that player, but he puts on the shirt of my team. Yeah, because the Lakers were picking at number five. Even if I've traded for number five, the LA Lakers still select the player that I want. The player gets announced as an LA Laker, goes up, shakes the hand, puts an LA Lakers cap on, even though he's been traded to the Clippers already. Okay, you know, you're, no, so no, his, you're right. That's, picture, that's absolutely stupid. That's ridiculous. Yep, his picture and his moment. You know, you only get drafted once. Your draft day moment, and it's you can't ever show it because it's like you know, someone comes around your house, knows you play for the Clippers, and goes, "Why in that picture on the mantelpiece are you wearing a Lakers hat?" Oh, I got drafted by the Lakers technically because that's the so NBA stupid. is. <laughs> that's so stupid! My goodness. I don't know if they've changed it. I'm not. I don't follow my NBA um, as much as I did, and if I'm getting any of that wrong, I'm sure someone will correct me. But I just know for a fact I've seen it before, where they get drafted and have to wear a hat of a team they don't play for and may never play for. Oh dear! <laughs> I think my favorite of these ones is actually the Saints pick. So it was the Forty Nine yeah. pick, and then it goes to Miami because of the the trade of the coach, Mike McDaniel. Mm-hmm. So Miami get that pick from San Francisco. Miami then trade for Bradley Chubb to get Denver's first round pick. And then Denver trade to New Orleans for Sean Payton. So there's actually two coaches involved in that. Two coaches and Can't a player. be the most unique trade ever. It, it is because you've got two head coaches and, and, a, and a player, and a first round pick player. That's, I mean, I can't think of any other... Um, scenarios where that's happened i mean you could argue you know obviously when when the the, the buccaneers um treated for um oh my goodness uh, john gruden you know he was involved and there was like a pick involved and there was like money involved but this was just like oh we're trading a we're trading a coach for a pick what okay <laughs> oh really well we're trading that pick for a player okay yeah well, we're taking that and we're trading it for another coach Oh, okay, <laughs> it's just what's going on. I I, I love I love that and the fact that I have it right at the bottom of the first round because everyone's like I got first round pick. Yeah, turned out to be twenty nine. <laughs> that's, that's all you get from that because it only mattered. The only uh, thing that mattered with the position was where the 49ers ended up, and they went all the way to the NFC uh, playoffs. So it's not like because once it's treated to Miami. It's still wherever the 49ers end up. Mm-hmm. And then when it's treated to Denver, it's still where the 49ers end up. And then when that's treated to New Orleans, it's still where do the 49ers end up. So it's, it doesn't matter. None of what Miami did or Denver did or New Orleans did affected this trade. It's all where do the 49ers end up. So if the 49ers, let's say, you know, God forbid, had had a horrendous season and went 1-16, and 16, the Saints could have had the number one overall pick <laughs> just because of the trades. I- well, yeah, the, 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 an interesting side note on that is the Texans, you know, we mentioned the Cardinals trade. The Texans had their first-round pick and the Browns' first-round pick going forward next year as well. And the Texans chose to send their first-round pick next year, not the Browns. So the Texans yes. are backing themselves to be better than the Browns. They think their pick will be worse in terms of it'll be a higher pick yeah. than the Browns. So they'll keep the Browns pick, hoping it'll be you know a top 10 pick, and they'll send the Texans pick, which 
breaking news is scheduled currently according to vegas to be the number two pick i'm pretty sure Um, so as it stands the cardinals are projected to have the number one and number two pick next year Um, but the texans obviously are backing themselves over the browns which fair enough but could be a mistake we'll only know kind of at the end of the season was that a mistake or was it genius so obviously the texans picked number two overall and then they traded up for the number three overall Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, in years gone by, I'm thinking 2017, 2018, whenever Baker Mayfield was selected, mm-hmm. the Big Browns had the four, number one and number four. Did they take Denzel Ward at number four? Did I make that? Yes, right? yes, yes, yeah. Okay, I wonder if that's the highest that any teams had the two picks one and four and or, or, or two and three. Which would you rather have, one and four or two and three? One and four. You'd rather have the one and four, yeah. Because you're guaranteed to get whoever you want a one, and then it's where the chips fall. Would for I mean, two and three. I mean, you get you know arguably two better players, but you don't. You know, you're at the mercy of whoever's picking one. I'd rather have the control of being first and going. Okay, I'll take this guy, and then at number four, I'll get you know the next best. Do you know what? You're probably right. Yeah. So uh, I wonder if it'll ever happen that a team will go number one and two. It's got, be it, it, it's, well, it could it, be next year. Uh, it could be. Just when you mentioned that there, I was wondering if that will ever happen. But it's got to happen at some point, purely by sheer coincidence. It's, it's got to happen at some point. Uh, so there we are. That was, anyway, that was a long, long tandem from my very short uh-huh. tandem stat. <laughs> the, stat the stat lasted 25 seconds. Uh, the actual conversation lasted 25 minutes. Uh, Jake, what is your random stat? Well, mine's kind of builds quite nicely off what we just finished on there. For the first time since the 1970 NFL merger, the first offensive and defensive players selected in the NFL draft were from the same school. So Bryce Young, first overall to the Panthers, and then the first offensive player was Will Anderson Jr., third to the Texans. They were both from Alabama. And I believe that was Alabama's first ever number one pick as well, which when you think of college football you tend to think of Alabama and that was their first number one pick I believe so very good um, draft day for Nick Saban and, and Alabama It, yeah because if you just asked me how many number one overall picks of Alabama had I would have said 20 I don't know yeah you <laughs> just, been, I, when, when they said that on the air I was like that can't be right Alabama's you know college football yeah, how they've not had a number one pick. I mean, how long has Nick Saban been there now? I'd say 15, yeah, 20 years. 15 years. Anyway, 15 years. Um, they've been at basically at the top for 15 years. Um, I'm worried, I'm now I'm trying to think because it's usually, usually the first overall pick's a quarterback. So a couple of years ago, it was, um, oh my word, uh, two out, wasn't it? He played for Alabama. Mm-hmm. He went second overall? Third overall. Second overall. Behind Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Second overall. Yeah, they have, they've had Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. I'm trying to think of like... It was a bit of a rough period. AJ McCarron. Oh. Greg McElroy. Yeah, I, for some reason I just had it in my head that Alabama had like, you know, 10 first overall picks over the past 15 years. <laughs> just, you you just assume. Yeah, assume you, you when I saw assume that, it. I thought, You're like kind of a little bonus one. I thought, what was, how high did 
Trent Richardson went number three. I was just thinking Alabama, Trent Richardson, he went number three. But yeah, surprised that that was their first number one pick, but also that, that they've set a record not only achieving that, but they um, were the first offensive and defensive players selected in the NFL draft from the same school. So Very first good. and third. So the first offensive player and the first defensive first player. First defensive player from Alabama. There we go. That's a wonderful start, Jake. I like that one a lot. Oh, short and sweet. I, that Sometimes that's the best way because you know what I'm like and I, I will sort of go yeah. on. And the, the shorter we can keep it, the better because I will just continue to talk for 10 minutes and nobody wants that. Uh, now, uh, excellent stuff. Next week, uh, we're bringing back, we're actually bringing back, and I know I've been saying this for weeks now and I've been saying it for weeks and I've not got around to it for a myriad of of reasons a veritable plethora of reasons next week we are actually bringing back ewan mcphail's draft day fails uh we've got the the content so that's going to be coming back uh, for next week um before we go jake thank you very much for stopping by especially you know um i i have this awful thing of uh speaking to people last minute and saying uh any chance you can help out and they're like oh yeah of course i uh so i do apologize for the lateness of my requests jake and once again you fulfilled it to a sterling degree um so thank you for that no problem hopefully didn't make too much for fool myself i am very much of the belief that you failed to prepare you prepared to fail so i like to do my research and be on top of things and write out all my notes so the last couple of hours i've scribbled down a few things and hopefully not got anything drastically wrong but i'm sure our listeners will be very forgiving i'm sure they will not at all you came you came flying in like superman to save the day there so i do appreciate it jake uh thanks to everyone uh listening to us uh, once again you can catch us on uh, spotify uh, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts don't forget to hit us up on twitter at the WinFL show you can find myself you can find jake you can also find dave on twitter as well if you want to nominate a random stat feel free to do so either put a comment in uh in in the, the youtube obviously the shorts got up on youtube as well or um simply just hit us up on twitter if you want to recommend a random stat or anything else that you think would just be worth talking about we appreciate all the input that we get from everyone so thank you very much for that and we'll see you on next week's edition of the winfl show <laughs>